Welcome to the Divine Rhyme, a music podcast with culture, with Will Hogsett and Dylan Hughes, a part of the Running Hook Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of the Divine Rhyme. My name's Will Hogsett, joined as always. Hold up. Is that lagging? Do you hear, like, is it lagging at oh, all? I hear a little, I hear a little, like, thing. Hold on, it might be my mic. Try that again. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Divine Rhyme. My name's Will Hawkset, joined, as always, by Dylan Hughes. Dylan, how are we doing this week? Had Phil win a major last weekend. We were just talking about that. How, how's your week been, Bob? been great man i mean we we kind of uh i guess it's weird to say you kick off a week on a friday but yeah yeah finally had our little meet up mm-hmm. um team dylan wow brandon supreme wow i mean i'm i'm not gonna say anything but uh some nba nba gms were coming my way like sh- they saw that shit put together a team that just uh had it so wow. shout out to caleb Lynn. yeah caleb Lynn was the MVP of our team. I mean, last pick of the draft, just just really brought it. Um, but, yeah, man, fun seeing everyone. And uh, it's been a good week, man. I mean, we've we've been we've been uh, bumping the J. Cole for a few weeks now, for a couple mm-hmm. weeks. But uh, it, it was nice to focus back in, in on that after Schoolboy Q and uh, get some of these thoughts out on this album. So I'm uh, – it's been a good week for me. Yeah, uh, I will say Caleb Lynn. I told Caleb Lynn on Lynn Sandy because I joined him last week, like the day before um, we did that. And I was like, dude, if I'm being honest, man, I do not want you guarding me. You just annoy the fuck out of me. Like he's he's that guy that's going to get up in your goddamn grill the whole time, not give me any space to move. Um, and so I, I then you forced me to start working off ball. And then Deke, I mean, Deke was hitting some threes, but we were just kind of dysfunctional. But it was a fun way to start. And it was a good game, uh, the Grizzlies and Warriors that we were able to watch and follow along. I love doing that. We did that. We did, Last time we, we all hung out, we did that with like the Lakers and like – trailblazers game or something like that and i put like 50 bucks on the lakers over just to add a little dynamic so i always love watching games with the network uh but you're right it's been about two weeks uh since the off season has dropped that is the topic of this week's podcast um hughes what about that timing what about that timing Dude, I'm telling you, we manifested this shit. Yeah. Like we, we spent a whole month, we spent a whole month on J. Cole. Mm-hmm. And uh literally as soon as we finished the next week, he announces this new album coming out. So he was just waiting for us to finish. I respect it. Yeah. And then as soon as we finish, he's gonna throw us something else. Yeah. So shout out to J. Cole and uh ready, man. Ready to to finish off the the J. Cole. But I don't I don't think he's done. No, I don't think he's done. I, I still think he's got one more in him at least. Yeah. So uh, this is this won't be the complete end of our J. Cole discussion on this podcast. So uh, I'm going to take the Alex Bird tradition uh, and throw you a curveball when we're you're expecting a fastball right here. Um, what have you been listening to other than J. Cole? Because I saw you tweet about future the other day. Um, what, what have you what have you been listening to other than J. Cole? 
You know, I've been going a little bit all around. Um, I've been trying to mix it up a bit because I've been listening to a lot of the same stuff lately. I've been trying to to mix it up. I, I did go back to Eve All with Future. Just a very underrated project, man. Like it's it's kind of short. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, no one ever talks about it. like going back to the old stuff. Everyone talks about DS2 and, you know, Hendrix and stuff like that. Um, but I think Evol is a really good album. And uh, whenever we do Future, which is going to be a massive fucking commitment, because there's a mm-hmm. lot of stuff there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we'll have to throw that in there. But I've been listening to, uh, I don't know if I want to reveal it, because I don't think we have yet, but I, uh, I've i been listening to our next guy, too, mm-hmm. and which is a major switch up. But, God, man, what yeah, a guy. What, what a guy. guy. <laughs> what a guy is right. Um, I've also been on the shuffle train. You know, I get my mood sometime, especially after doing this podcast where we've really been kind of grinding through some music. Love hitting the shuffle every once in a while. And just like, all right, what, what we got? What's going to kind of grab my vision, uh, grab my attention? I've also started a Summer Vibes playlist. A lot of Schoolboy Q on there. A lot mm-hmm. of Schoolboy Q on there. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, I, I sent this to the, the group chat with um, A.B. and you the other day, but I did want to throw it out there on the pod. Olivia Rodrigo, good for you. I cannot stop listening to it. I don't know what it is. Sometimes I just get kind of grabbed by those hooky pop songs with a little guitar in them, a little instrument, and that's exactly what it is. And uh, it is a good song. What do, what do you think of it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, like like I said in the chat, I'm not a huge pop guy. I'll be honest; it's mm-hmm. never been. Uh, I just I don't connect to the the female teenager. I just don't. You know, it's it's Maybe never. I do. I do a little bit. <laughs> I do a little bit. <laughs> of course, I don't. I don't connect to street rappers either. So I don't. I don't know. But uh, it's yeah, pop has never been really my thing. But it was it was a good song, and I know. Uh, I know she's been getting a lot of buzz in general lately. Yeah. Um, and as we said, man, TikTok, I mean, TikTok is changing music. Like if you look at some of the top songs, they are getting big off TikTok. Like it's mm-hmm. it's crazy the impact TikTok is having on music right now. Now, what is what is that dynamic? What, what do you think it is? Because I think there's some something to do with all those songs to be able to attach a video to it, because like I'm not on TikTok. But I'm on Instagram and I'll be on the, the stories or the whatever it is page where the reels, right? I'll get on the reels page and there'll be a lot of the same kind of songs just over and over that kind of match a vibe to the um, to like the video. So what is it about TikTok do you think that kind of is able to push those songs? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because I, I do use TikTok and it's there's just something about... <sighs> Well, first of all, I think the last time I checked, the average time people spend on TikTok per like day is like 52 minutes, which when you think about it is absolutely insane (laughs) to spend an hour a day on an app. Like for some people, that's probably nothing because I I know there's a lot of people that fucking spend eight hours a day on TikTok, which uh, need to rein it in a little bit. They need to rein it in a little bit. But I mean, and it is a younger audience on there, so I guess it's understandable, but I mean, spending an hour a day on an app is a lot. You can watch a lot of videos in an hour. And, you know, people attach music to their their videos, you know, for whatever reason, just to add another dynamic, make it more entertaining. And 
the more you scroll, you start to hear the same songs over and over. And it's like, you know, sometimes they can get annoying. I know that's part yeah. of it for people is you hear it too much. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people <laughs> hear, you know, they hear a Olivia Rodrigo song. I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Like, I think she was the one that did that driver's license song. Was that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That that song was TikTok. Like, that was yeah. a TikTok song. And, you know, it made it to the radio. Like, it's just you keep hearing it over and over. And especially these younger kids on TikTok hear it. And it's like, oh, I love that song. And then they become addicted to it and they become addicted to that artist. Mm-hmm. And it just keeps repeating it. So it's it's been interesting. But yeah, like just all that content out there now, like attaching a song to it can really change, you know, the dynamic of it. And I know like there's a lot of artists on there, too, that promote their songs. They're like, you know, underground artists. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like TikTok. There's a ton of music on there and some of it's mainstream, obviously. But a lot of it is just, you know, these these underground guys that uh, and girls that they never really had a platform like this before where they could just constantly blurt out their music all the time. So it's 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 pretty interesting. And I'm interested to see in the next few years uh, the impact it continues to have. Yeah. And like I said in the chat, it's like there needs to be a TikTok done right now. Like, OK, this is a TikTok song. I think that, I think we kind of already do that as a society, but <laughs> maybe something a little bit more specific. But the driver's license song for Rodrigo was her first number one hit. Um, this one is now our second. Uh, I actually heard it. Um, when I was listening, I was listening to part of my take. And at the end of that uh, podcast, they always um like interfuse a song with um, I forget what it is their their main exit song and I heard the song and I was like wait what is that song it's a little vibe and I was like and then I haven't stopped listening to it but uh, to get on on back on topic uh, another project that we've been listening to of course is the off season by J Cole released two weeks ago and it's only like thirty nine minutes use I mean it's it's a short project really really short project you could get through it pretty pretty quickly. What do you what do you think about the length of it? Yeah, I thought that was interesting, too, um, because as we mentioned with Schoolboy last week with Crash Talk, which Crash Talk was another short one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're used to like the hour to hour and 15 type of thing. And I don't know, like, I don't know what I don't know exactly why he went this route. Um, it didn't you know, it it, it kind of felt like the proper amount of time, I would say. Like, it's, yeah. I don't think. You know, I, I think he just said what he needed to say, and it only mm-hmm. took 39 minutes. Um, a lot of these songs are are pretty short and punchy, mm-hmm. and I think it works. Like, you know, I, I like an album to be a little bit longer. Like, I think the perfect album length is like 50 minutes mm-hmm. for me personally. Um, but, you know, this this felt like the right time for this specific uh, record. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed it. So that... <laughs> Just let's just get started off with kind of his um, uh, men- mentality going into it and uh, kind of the idea of the album. I think it's definitely I mean, he 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 talks about some some of the things that we, we see a lot from J. Cole, but it's definitely more um, music focused album, kind of rap focused album, what you say. So, so what's your what's your what's your kind of um, how does this fit? How does this album fit into J. Cole's discography for you? yeah i it's interesting because like the beginning of the album is not really like as far as you know content doesn't really say too much 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so you kind of get the impression right off the bat that it's like, oh, this is not J. Cole wanting to like say anything. It's kind of just him, you know, wanting to do his thing, feel himself a little bit. But then, you know, throughout the album, he starts to show more and he kind of flickers back and forth between, you know, just kind of living it up. You know, the the stuff we've seen in the past from him where it's just, you know, feeling himself and like, re- you know, recognizing that he's the shit, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, he'll sprinkle in some some important stuff, too. And yeah, I, I think it was I know that someone like J. Cole and I think he's talked about this before, where once you once you become who you want to become, you kind of get stuck because it's like, what do I have to say now? Like, I I told my story in my past. I've, you know, talked about the struggle and all that. I've talked about the come up and now I'm here. What What do I say? And we've seen him get the past two albums, For Your Eyes Only and K.O.D. were because you talked about this, I think, on that podcast where after Forest Hills Drive, he just didn't really know where to go because mm-hmm. he felt like he said all he needed to say. Right. For Your Eyes Only took a way, a way different turn. You know, it was a very unique concept album where he's talking about uh, both his life and uh, the death of his friend and kind of, you know, interchanging those two uh, perspectives. And then KOD is, is just about addiction and overcoming that. And it's, and it's, so he's had to figure out a different angle on these albums because he said all he's needed to say. Yeah. Um, but for, for this album, he's really talking more about uh, kind of just not letting where he is and who he is like change based on everything around him, which it's not new for him, but mm-hmm. it's again, he's he's getting closer to the end of his career. And like you can kind of tell that mm-hmm. he's in this record, that that's where he's headed. But at the same time, he's not quite there yet. And he still wants to make good music. So it's just it's kind of an interesting mix of a few different perspectives. Um, and I think with everything he's put out before this, it, it kind of lines up nicely. Yeah, I think. The way I like to think of it is kind of like a good bridge to maybe his final album, especially because you get so much like his last three albums, even Forest Hills Drive, Born Center, maybe not so much, but still. Uh, and then definitely KOD and For Your Eyes Only. They're so uh, message kind of content driven albums. Right. And I feel like this is J. Cole. He's like, what do, what do I want to do? And then what, what can I or what can I talk about again? You know, and I feel like this is him kind of realizing it's like, oh, wait, I started this because I wanted to make fire ass songs. I wanted to make good music, like really, really good, punchy kind of uh, rap songs. And I think he kind of went back to this a little bit. So I think he kind of although, like you mentioned, there are, I mean, a couple of tracks on here that do kind of have um a pretty good message and you know a lot of content i think of as the album as a whole it's not as 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 necessarily message slash content driven as some of his other ones uh, i think that's for sure so let's get started uh 95 south the title track what did you think of that one yes it was fun man just mm-hmm. a fun way to start off i mean really really upbeat um, and then, you know, the, the little John and Cameron in there, especially at the end yeah. represents your shit, motherfucker. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just a great, and again, I talked about this before, like rap in general is more fun in, in like a bass environment because obviously there's a lot of bass, 
but just a fun car song, man. Yeah. You know, like just, you know, driving down the, the highway or whatever. Like you, you got a smile on your face. You're bobbing your head. Like it's mm-hmm. just a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked it as well. Uh, the line put a M on your head. You're Luigi better now. All timer. <laughs> Absolute all timer. Um, but you're right. This one's just like a bump song. Definitely like an intro to album set the mood for um, uh, kind of what J. Cole's going for here. A lot of um, him kind of, you know, bragging, I'm the best, I'm the GOAT, I'm not going to let anyone kind of stop me. Uh, but then you get into Amari, which is a little bit slower tempo, nice little melody, and then the drums come in, and, man, do they bang when J. Cole kind of starts off. Like, I, I really, really like this song. I think it's not... I don't think it's my favorite one on the on the project, but oh my gosh, it's good, such a good switch up too. We talk about that roller coaster all the time, but this is like really, really where you see J Cole's able to kind of switch the pace up and still come out with the fire track. Yeah, that bass drop head into the chorus, man. Again, throw that on the car; mm-hmm. it's gonna fuck you right in the face. But I don't know if you actually saw the story behind this beat. I found this randomly on YouTube before even uh, even doing research, but I think they have it on Genius too. But Timbaland like does these; he'll like randomly make beats on air now. Like he just live streams making uh, beats on Twitch. And I don't know when it was; it was months ago. He made the Amari beat live on Twitch just randomly, and then didn't even save it. Like he just threw it away; he didn't care. Okay. And then. And somehow J. Cole saw it on YouTube and is like, oh, I fucking need that beat, man. Mm-hmm. So he he calls Timbaland up and he has Timbaland remake it for him <laughs> and then uses it on this. So I just thought that was funny that Timbaland just didn't even care about the beat and J. Cole uses it, you know, on this album and just kills it, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, it is a great, great beat. Really, really fun and like really unique. And I, I've noticed... A lot of the beats on this album are very, very unique, um, which is not new for J. Cole. I think he tries to go out of the box a little bit with beats. Um, so, it, yeah, just another really fun song. And again, not a ton of uh, not a ton of content, but just just it sounds really nice. And like you said, a little mm-hmm. bit of a tempo switch. Yeah, um, I think it, it's interesting the way that J. Cole kind of uh, goes has has the music making process nowadays because you, you just spoke about how he kind of picked that beat up off about twitch um i think he talks about later in the album having like eve send him a beat and then he's like i got that beat three months ago and he kind of goes a little bit more into depth about how you don't really appreciate things whenever they're right in front of you it takes time for it to like settle in a little bit so that's an interesting connection uh but man i think on this on this amari song still i think this is really j cole kind of playing with his delivery playing with his flow a bit too kind of mashing it to the beat and boy does it work it really does the, uh, have you seen the music video here do you watch that i have not actually yeah that's uh, that's a fun music video as well i'd say so i'd uh check that out after the pod but uh nothing too special like i mean it's nothing like dangerous which by the way i watched dangerous uh i hadn't seen it wow man everybody needs to watch that music video that is that is a really really good music video dude i'm telling you like it's it's the perfect compliment to that song Mm -hmm. and like it just it paints the picture completely 
Oh, I just, I love it, man. And the, uh, the video production is actually like so good. Like the long yeah. shots. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not, I have a little bit of background in video production, so I can act like I know a little bit about it, but it really, really works well. Just the camera, you don't like, it, it's actually a nice comparison to uh, the Amari music video because you see a lot of like different camera angles camera switches uh frames you see so many different frames and the the the, like long maybe one to two to three frames of this one uh dangerous music video just kind of sets that eerie vibe as well it was just really well done i was i had to watch it like five times (laughs) uh but let's get on to the next song my life uh j cole we were wondering a little bit if um, he was going to have some features in this album. He does. The first one is none other than 21 Savage. And man, does that guy fucking kill it? Uh, I was watching like a Mark Fist uh, video, Phillips video. I don't know if you know him. Do you know Mark Phillips? I've heard of him. Yeah. He's the guy that did the LeBron. Um, like I'm 35. Like he was like doing when James Harden got traded to the Nets. You know what video I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm 35. And so uh, that guy, I, w- I, I thought I sent it to you on uh, like Instagram or something, but uh, he did how uh, J. Cole fans w- react when, when they drop a new album. And oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. He, and he's like, OK, so he's like, uh, he got 21 Savage sliding. What, what is this, a, a duo now or something? And I was like, yeah, he's kind of <laughs> right. I'm like, he's kind of right. Because this song's fire, and they uh, they previously matched up on 21 Savages a lot, which I think won a Grammy, if I'm being honest, for Rap Song of the Year. So, obviously, J. Cole and 21 Savage got something going. What what do you think about this one, Hughes? Dude, this song was was so good. Mm -hmm. And let me just say, that Moray chorus, chorus, bro, oh, my God. God, yeah, that that is like beautiful, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's such a great a great placement between uh, J Cole and Twenty One. Like it's man, it's it's just so like it's like almost heartbreaking. It's like oh, like every time I hear it, it's like oh, like his voice is so so nice. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, this Twenty One, man. I said this. I think I said this last week because Twenty One was on schoolboys album but just there's something about 21 man i don't know what it is i don't know what it is like he's i think he's an anomaly among the younger generation of like mumble rappers so to speak where i think he's leading the pack with those guys i really do where he's he is he's able to he's able to spit a verse that both sounds good and actually can say something Mm -hmm. which is pretty unique among some of these uh not that 21's new mm. like the mumble the mumble rap generation is not new at this point it's still fairly young but i mean he is he is so good and his his uh him and j cole do have a thing man yeah and i'm i, I don't know when 21 dropping next but i would like to see j cole on that uh if if it fits but yeah man i the, just a great verse and he says a little bit too, like, you know, the, the whole, I mean, the whole song is really just about kind of overcoming the struggle and yeah. again, nothing, nothing new for J Cole, uh, but just a, a really, really nice song. Yeah. I think J Cole had a pretty nice verse as well. And of course him and 21 kind of going through um, their past and their struggles and, 
how it's made them who they are today, kind of separated by that Moray chorus is really, really nice, like you mentioned. Um, but uh, 21 also, I, you know what? They must be a duo because 21 had that interview with them beforehand uh that youtube music like not music video but kind of introduction to the album if you will is called applying pressure and then i saw j cole post them on instagram a little bit more with like um 21 savage and 21 savage like having a quote so they must be a duo now or something (laughs) i mean mean, maybe uh maybe there's like a torch passing between those two gonna happen yeah because yeah they spent a lot of time together and that interview was interesting because like 21 really seemed like he wanted to learn from J. Cole, you know, Yeah. yeah. Um, which a, a lot, of, again, a lot of these younger guys, like we talked about, um, what's his name? Uh, Gucci gang guy, Lil Pump. Lil Pump. He, he, he doesn't give a fuck about J. Cole, you know, like he's yeah. in, and, and, and he's gonna, he's gonna fall out because of this. Like he, he doesn't really care about. Because he not already. Or, I mean, I mean, he, yeah, he basically has. And, and that's, and there's a reason for it. Like he doesn't, you know, he had his moment and he wasted it. And 21 doesn't want to be that guy. Like he wants to be a guy that hangs around for a while. And you can tell, like, he's interested in learning from J. Cole. J. Cole, J. Cole says this a lot, but like, he knows, you know, like he knows what he's doing. He can teach these younger guys what to do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them aren't going to listen, but 21 seems interested in listening. So, uh, so I, it makes me happy personally because, again, I like 21 and I like to see that he is willing to kind of step out of his comfort zone a little bit and uh, and learn from J. Cole. Well, uh, I know J. Cole produced a, a good part of this album, like uh, a lot of this album kind of by, by himself. Obviously, he had help, but I think he was credited for most of the production and I know 21 has a bit of experience, although him and Metro kind of got a thing going as well. But I'm pretty sure 21 produced a bank account um, beat. So, I mean, that guy can make a beat if that's the case. Uh, let's move on to the next song. I definitely like My Life a lot. One of the one of the stars on the album. Still not my favorite, though. Still not my favorite. You know, this album really does have a lot of good songs. You know, it really, really does. Um and I kind of I kind of compare it a lot to J. Cole's former former stuff to why I'm maybe not not as high on this album as as his other ones. Just but that's just a testament to his other albums, if I'm being honest, because this 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 album really has some good songs. Um, but next up, uh, applying pressure. What, what did you think of this one, Hughes? <laughs> well, I'll just say it right off the bat. This would have been my favorite beat on the album if you didn't have those lasers and and horns at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, Cole. What what is that? <laughs> it, it's it's kind of like when I listen to it now, it's just kind of funny. Like at first, I was like actually kind of mad. Yeah, like, kind of ruined <laughs> it with that. Now it's just it's just kind of funny because it's just stupid. But a great beat, great beat, yeah. uh, and you know he obviously rides it very well. Um, but you know, uh, a little bit of a, a money kind of ego type of song, mm-hmm. which again, again, nothing new from Cole, but still an interesting perspective considering he's, you know, continues to make a lot of money and continue to, to struggle with these things. And he talks about something that I've talked about, I think on this podcast before about 
you know, these, some of these, these rappers that just, they want to flex and stuff. And, you know, Cole being a former broke rapper, he knows these guys are not as rich as they look. Mm-hmm. They, they go spend their first 20 K on a watch or whatever, and they have nothing else to their name, but that watch. But that's all you see on Instagram. All you see on Instagram is that watch, you know, that's what a lot of these young guys do. And that's something that J Cole's talked about before about just, you know, don't, don't waste your money on these stupid things like that, you know, mm-hmm. go buy a house or whatever. Um, so it's kind of an interesting little thing he's talking about, like, you know, rap from the perspective of a broke rapper. Cause that's a perspective I, you know, respect. And it's, yeah, real. I love that. Um, so yeah, kind of just like a, just an example of how this album is where, the, the message is kind of intertwined. Like the whole song isn't about that really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, he just kind of throws that in there. So I, I thought that was uh, an interesting thing to throw in there. Yeah, I think the outro uh, where he's kind of just going off on a little rant, I think that's kind of a good representation for the album as a whole too, if I'm being honest. Um, it's like he says, uh, that's why I got to flex sometimes because people just try to act like you're not that guy. You know, and so I think this album is kind of a flex for J. Cole, uh, if I'm being honest. But uh, next up, I believe it's Punching the Clock. What do you think about this one? This is another good beat. And, you know, he switches the beats up a lot. And that's what I like about this album, because it's not, uh, especially when you look at KOD, you get a lot of similar kind of trap beats to an extent, kind of the same drum sounds. Um, but this album, he switches the beat up a lot and I think it goes well. So what do you think about this one? Yeah. And first of all, I love the the Dame Lillard Absolutely. Uh, in there. Absolutely. I mean, and, and speaking of Dame Lillard, he's a rapper too, and he's not bad. I've, I've kind of been hoping he was going to drop. Uh, I don't think he's dropped anything in a while, but Man, I forget the first he made. No, he has two albums, I think. But the first album he had was actually really good. Like I like listening. I haven't listened to it in a while, but uh, I liked it, and I liked that he threw him on here. And obviously, it's not a rap feature. It's just uh, like an interview snippet. But it's a good but, clip. It's a really, really good clip. I really like. I really like the clip that he got. Um, and I know Dame kind of tweeted about it, but it's also a good message. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, again, like Dame, Dame is one of the better guys in basketball. I think he's always got something good to say. And I personally actually interviewed him. Just really nice dude. Like, really? Like, he, yeah. When I, when the Portland was in town a few years ago, um, like he really makes you feel like, you know, you're important. You know what I mean? And a lot of, a lot of guys like that, that, you know, are rich and, and famous, they don't really care they don't care about the the little guy that's mm-hmm. just, you know, doing his thing, but really nice guy, man. Like he, he makes eye contact with you and answers the questions like just great guy. So that's, that's my personal experience with him. But, uh, but yeah, man, as far as the song, again, like you said, really good beat. I thought this was interesting because, you know, there's a little part here in the first verse where he's talking about, uh, getting a contact high and it triggering a paranoid mindset teetering between enlightened and insanity. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting um, because, you know, I, I don't have much experience with, with marijuana, but like, I know a lot of people have that where 
like it, it can like trigger something in your past and it just makes you like kind of freak out a bit. And like, obviously some people, it just soothes you out. Mm-hmm. But I thought this was an interesting perspective where, you know, I, this is, this is the one where he talks about getting the gun at a young age, right? Yeah. So he, you know, he gets handed this gun at a young age, um, which, Hey, you know, building off schoolboy Q, it's not the same exact thing because he wasn't really in a gang, but, I mean, Q talked about, you know, getting handed a gun at 12 years old and building off of that. Um, Jay Cole's almost kind of like the flip side of that, where he got the gun and didn't actually really use it. But, you know, talks about firing off this gun when he's a kid and freaking out. And then he flips it up to when he's older, you know, getting that contact high. And it kind of brings him back to those old days. And he kind of gets, you know, freaks out of it. So, again, just just uh, another example of him kind of, just mixing in these messages uh, between some other things and, and making it sound good at the same time. Yeah. Back on the weed thing. Cause I do have a bit of experience with that. I kind of get the way I like to think of it is because I've been in both of those kind of states of mind on weed. Like I think it just, I think the best way to describe what it does is it just enhances your awareness of a lot of things and so if you have a baseline level of anxiety that you've been having throughout the day sober um i think it kind of enhances that as well and then obviously um once you kind of focus on that anxiety because it's being it's so poignant in your like perspective then it kind of multiplies a bit more and more and more and that's where you get kind of like the trip the anxiety the the panic attack from um i know at least in my experience that's that's definitely the case and i i just have to go back to like grounding like simple things you know we talk about grounding a little bit before but just focus on so like i get so in my head so deep in my head that i just have to remember okay there's like a game going on in the background it's try to f- figure out what's going on in the game because I haven't been watching it because I've been freaking out too bad. But that's, that's like, that's, that's just what I think anxiety is. It's like, it compounds the more and more you think of it. So, you know, take, I always try to take a deep breath and stuff like that because I, I, I get anxiety still um, not as much as I did a couple months ago, if I'm being honest, which is the greatest thing ever because anxiety sucks. But um, you know, the best way that I've learned to kind of get out of it is just, reattaching myself to this world and getting out of my head. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, that's, that's relatable whether you smoke weed or not, you know, because I mean, we were just talking about a pre pod, like the more information you get shoved into this head of yours, like, God, man, you got to sift through all of it. And, you know, a lot of the stuff we're sifting through, we don't need to sift through. Like it's, it's there. And we try to tie it to what we're, you know, the situation we're in, but it just doesn't, it's not necessary. And, you know, I can imagine that that weed or any substances could really kind of emphasize that and, and make it even tougher. Um, but yeah, grounding is, is very important. And that's why I always talk about nature mm-hmm. and like, I'm about, I'm about to go for a walk out in the forest, like after this podcast, like, it's just something I think everyone should do you know, at least once a week, man, because, you know, you, you walk alongside a creek and you hear the birds chirping and the trees. It's like, it's hard to think about your life because you're so separated from what's normal. Mm-hmm. You know, we're so used to, we're so used to walking in and out of buildings and driving our cars. And, you know, we forget that all this stuff has been built like very recently in life. This, you know, in the grand scheme of earth, like what we're living in now is very new. But nature has been here forever. 
I, I think nature is like the greatest teacher we have. And yeah. every time I go into nature, I feel like I learn something, whether it's about myself or just about the world around me. Um, but you don't even have to do that with grounding. Like you said, you can just kind of focus in on one thing and, and all those other thoughts go away. But yeah, I, I think it's very important. And, you know, me and you talk about mind management a lot. It's very important. And a lot of people suffer from it, whether they realize it or not. Um, and it's, it's very important for sure to get, to get under control. You talk about nature. He is, I think I asked you on this pod before Are you look into the towel at all yet. A little bit. Okay. I, I still haven't done enough. Um, like I keep letting stuff get in the way. Cause yeah. I, I read a lot of books and mm-hmm. like, I have a list of stuff that I want to read, including, you know, Buddhist books and Tao books. And I just, I never get around to it. I always find something else. Um, But it's, you know, Taoism and Buddhism, I think are, no matter what religion you are, whether you're religious or not, it's like, it's, I don't even consider those like a a religion. It's more just like uh, spirituality, you know, it's just kind of like a, kind of like a lifestyle. And it's, it's a very interesting perspective on things. And man, like, I, I think I think anyone can really relate to a lot of that stuff. And it's, it really helps you kind of come back to, to home, so to mm-hmm. speak with a lot of this, that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Again, it's been a while since I've looked at it, but yeah, re- really good stuff. And I, I really do need to make it a priority. Well, um, never fear Hughes. There's a, a, Tao, a quote from the Tao kind of um, on this album a little bit later on my favorite song. So uh, Yeah. Um, let's move on to, uh, the next one. I believe it's a hundred mil and wow. Uh, I love this fucking song, man. Uh, and I listened to Anthony Fantano. You told us not to, you told us not, to. <laughs> but I listened to the Fantano, uh, the, the internet's busiest music nerd, of course. Um, and he said he hated this song and I'm like, dude, Oh my God. You don't like this fucking song. Oh, the J. Cole flow. One million, I'm still on the grind. Oh, it's it's classic J. Cole. And he just keeps going. Like it's one of those verses where he starts and you're like, oh, okay, this hits. And then he and then he like hits the gas pedal. He puts it into another gear. I'm like, oh, I didn't even know you had this in yet. What did you think about this song? Yes. Man, I was gonna say the Pantano thing too. I, I, I <laughs> dude, it's so easy to hate him, man. It's so easy mm-hmm. because like, God, like he says smart things. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But he just has a very specific taste. It just clearly does not line up with my taste. Very clear that over the years I've, I've realized like, we're just never going to agree the stuff he looks for. I don't care about the stuff I care about. He doesn't care about. So, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. When he said that about a hundred mil, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, I Come know. Come on, dude. man. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's it's so and again, like, you know, it's basically all chorus. Like, not it's not all chorus, it's like half chorus. Which is fine. Like it it's it's not meant to be some, you know, outlandish, you know, statement of a song. It's it's fun, man. It's it's, it's so fun good. Song. And it, you know, it does add to the, to the theme really about him, like, you know, never wanting to stop. Mm -hmm. And which is interesting because 
as far as making music, it seems like he is close to stopping. So yeah, it kind of it kind of raises some questions about you know what the future really looks like because he talks a lot about not even being in his prime yet. Yeah, it's like okay, Cole. So are you gonna make a song? Are you gonna make an album while in your prime? Then that's what I want to know. Yeah, because if you're not there yet, you're kind of running out of time. Um, okay, so. here's a question: Does he have his? Has he released his best album yet? Well. I mean, that's obviously hard to tell because we don't know, yeah. you know what's coming. But, I mean, I will say he does continue to – it's all personal, like, what you want. But he, you know, he continues to bring a different sound with each song or with each record, right? Like, if you look at the past four albums, Forest Hills Drive sounded different than Four Guys Only – which sounded different than KOD, which sounded different than this one, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's continuously bringing a different sound. Um, and obviously the content's different too. So it's like, it, it just depends what you want. Um, like I personally, like I think the the stretch between Born Center, Four Seals Drives and Four Your Eyes Only, like I think that's probably his best work right there mm-hmm. for me personally. But again, who knows what's next? Um, talk about bringing a different sound per album. Our next guy really really does that our next artist that we're going to cover brings in oh, yeah. a lot of a lot of sounds a lot of sounds <laughs> but this one was one of my favorites on the album i feel like i just keep saying that i mean man this album it's pretty good it really is pretty good but um 100 mil one of my favorites on to pride is the devil which another fucking great song and a bit of a shift up um from kind of the 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 heavy rap vibes that we've gotten from the last two or three songs. But Pride of the Devil, obviously, um, kind of the message is right there. But um, it's it's J. Cole being kind of vulnerable, letting, letting people know that he, he's thinking he might be getting too prideful. Um, a line that I really liked is in the post is in the post chorus, terrified, paranoid. I put you over everything to fill the void. And when you're gone, will I have anything or will I be destroyed like that? That's super fucking vulnerable, man. Like, especially to put on a fucking rap album. What what did, what did you think about the song? And then maybe that that kind of line as well, Hughes. Dude, this this song is my entire past year. Mm-hmm. I mean, me, me and you have talked about this stuff a lot. But like <clears throat> fill in the void, man. Not possible. Yeah. There, first of all, there's no void to fill. Mm-hmm. These voids we have in our life are created by us not, not having something that we didn't need. Yeah. Whether it's a person, whether it's a job, whether it's whatever. You know, we we create these voids in ourselves and we convince ourselves that there's a void that needs to be filled. There's never a void. And we always try to fill it with the wrong thing. And I think this is really interesting because you can't really fill, figure out what exactly he's talking about. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Is he talking about a person? Is he talking about the music? Like, and when you're gone, will I have anything or will I be destroyed? Is yeah. he talking about music in his life? Is he talking about a person? You know, it's very, very interesting. And it makes it even more relatable because I mean, you could you could plug in your own situation to this song and absolutely it it answers the same thing. So, yeah, I again, right off the bat, that post chorus, man, like you get hit in the face with this Mm -hmm. song. And then the verse is good too. bright lights past me in the city. It's emergency. Like 
he's really figured out. Uh, I mean, we, we say that, but this is just, this is kind of cool. Just kind of experimenting with his flow, just, just, just going out there and feeling the music, but this is a really, really good, really good song. Um, a lot of good lines, a lot of, and then the switch up. Oh, the, when he says too much money account, I kind of got some ATM vibes. I was like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but this is definitely one of my favorites on the album. Uh, and then the little baby verse, we talked about little baby, I think a little bit, uh, having the worst verse on Schoolboy Q's album, but this one, this is a good verse. Little baby, come here. <laughs> yeah, I saw someone talk about this, how J. Cole just brings these guys up to another level. And little baby, again, we talked about him before. Just not not personally my kind of guy. And I figure the same for you as well. Just not not our style, really. Um, he has some good stuff. Like I don't I don't hate him by any means. Uh, just not a guy I'm going to bump on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man. And like, first of all, Cole flows perfectly, seamlessly into Little Baby's verse. Yeah. Really, yeah. really smooth transition. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, really nice, really nice verse from Little Baby. Again, like there, there's, there's a, there's some stuff in here. It's like whatever. Like you know, congrats on having a leather bag or whatever. It's just, <laughs> it's just stuff I. It's just stuff I don't care about. But, you know, there's a couple other things in here about, you know, not wanting to let the money drive him insane and he'd be crazy if he blows it. You know, like there's there's a few things in there that that's nice. So I I thought it was a nice compliment to Cole. Yeah, I liked his I'm addicted to promethazine. It's crazy. Yeah, I know it uh, line. I think that one's probably one of the best in in the future. It's like, okay, well, I mean, at least he's aware of it and he's, you know, like more pride to him. Uh, let my let go of my hand. One of the deeper cuts in this album. Um, I think this is. I really enjoyed this song, and I, I like some of the lines about um, kind of how how he wants to raise his son. Um, and then the black, we get another black feature, man. I mean, we've been seeing this guy in the pot a lot, uh, but he or not a feature, but he he adds some vocals on the. Um, on, on the chorus, which I think sound really good. Obviously, he has a nice melodic kind of sound. But what, what was your take on this song, Hughes? Man, like, this might be my favorite song on the album. Might be. Because it's just so, like, soothing. It's like it's like a real, it's, I don't want to say it's a slower song. It's just a little bit more somber, you know, a little bit, like, low-key. Mm-hmm. And that whole, if I die, mm-hmm. be- before like oh it's so yeah it's that's so somber nice. that's a good that's yeah. a, that's a good way to describe it it is like a somber kind of song but then j cole kind of brings a different dynamic with his um rap yeah and like you know as far as as far as what's in there i mean yeah it's it's interesting because it's like uh you know today my son said dad let go of my hand like i kind of i it kind of put me in a place like obviously i don't have a son but it kind of put me in that place like almost as a son, maybe where it's like, you know, you want to, at some point in life, you want to be your own man. And, you know, a lot of kids want to be their own man when they're way too young, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which, but you know, the, the right father is going to guide them in the right direction and, and show them what they need to show them. Um, so I thought it was interesting. And again, this is, this is that perspective that, that Cole never tapped into before that he realizes now, 
Like Mm -hmm. this is, this is what he can talk about. You know, he can talk about himself uh, as a father and also talk about himself as a kid again in the situation where he wanted to be his own man um, and, you know, trying to, trying to save face by fighting and, you know, all these, all these things that he was uh, battling. Um, So just, just another interesting perspective from Cole. Um, Yeah. I I like this one. Um, Definitely. I think, like I mentioned, um, probably one of the deeper songs, uh, the more um, content driven songs on the album. Uh, And then the Diddy, the Diddy outro. And I think earlier in the album, he mentioned like having a little bit bit of beef with Diddy or maybe, maybe in the, no, I don't think it was in this song, but um, you know, nice to see Diddy on the outro after having a little beef with him. Um, Next up we got interlude, uh, which I thought when he released, it was, it's still one of the best hardest hitting songs on the album, I think. Uh, But I thought it was a really good song to kind of give up. Uh, a week earlier, a couple days earlier, to kind of give the idea of um, to still have people like wondering what what this album's going to be like, but still kind of give a good idea of the album. Uh, but I thought this one was hits hard. The the drums are so nice, uh, and then Cole obviously kind of um, just takes away with his 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 delivery and his um, lyricism. So, what did you think about the interlude? Yeah, I also thought it was a great way to tease the album. It really does kind of capture the whole vibe of the album. Um, and again, another unique beat, you know, something I already talked about, but mm-hmm. another another beat that kind of just grabs you. And it's like, as soon as it hits, it's like, oh, okay. You know, kind of kind of sinks in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I just like the, the intro where, you know, he said, uh, obviously we came a long way, but he's like, this shit can go up. It can go down either way. Mm-hmm. I'm prepared. Yeah, I love that I, too. I like that because, like, that's 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 life right there. You know, it's gonna go up and go down, but like everyone can handle it. Uh, but you know, obviously comes in with a great verse as well. Um, so, you know, it's again content wise, like it's kind of a lot of the same stuff we've already talked about. But it, you know, as as far as sound, just a really nice sounding song. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I already said, just a, a really, it was a good way to, to kind of tease the whole mood of the album. And then we get into the climb back, which is my favorite fucking song on the album. And if you, if there's one that I've just gone back to and like, oh my God, I cannot stop listening to it's this one. And I, I think it's the intro and that bass drop. And this is again, kind of you put this in your car turn the bass up speakers all the way up and it's going to hit on a completely different fucking level i mean just simply uh and then the the line the intro of the line is so it's so hit hits a nail in the coffin man are you doing this work to facilitate growth or to become famous which is more important getting or letting go and then the bass drop oh my god hughes oh my god and the rapping in this song is so good uh, so what what do you think about this one? And oh, before the uh, the quote is a Taoist quote. The quote is a Taoist quote. So mm-hmm. kind of doing a little mini full circle there. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. So this is a song we've had for a while. Um, man, did this come out in 2019? Like it's been yeah. a while. Yeah. It's been a while. Um, but like obviously a really nice fit onto this album. And again, something that, uh, you know, Cole didn't really have a ton of singles. Like 
leading up to this, I think including interlude, I want to say he had like three singles since KOD. So like, he's just not a guy that's going to drop singles, you know, which I think is nice. Like it's, he's, he's an album driven guy. And a lot of, a lot of musicians aren't like, they like to, they like to get themselves out there a lot, which is fine. Like that's understandable why you would do that. But Cole was like, you know, I'm a guy that, that everyone knows. I don't need to put out a song every month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, I, this is obviously everything you said, a great song. Um, and again, more, I thought the second verse was really good. Just more, again, it's it's a lot of the same stuff we talked about with, you know, he, this is something he hasn't talked about in a while, but he kind of goes back to the whole, uh, you know, black people being killed in the streets. Uh, something he hasn't really talked about since, man, like, Born Center was the last time he really focused in on it. Mm-hmm. And, like, he'll sprinkle it in there, but, like, he, you know, he kind of sprinkles it in here, too, as well. Uh, and then just, I feel like the whole second verse is just a mix of like his past handful of albums. Uh, you know, talks about the devil winning and like talks about becoming addicted to clout, which is something he talked about on Four Seals Drives a little bit. You know, it's just like, this is kind of the point in Cole's career, I think, where you're starting to see all the verses or all the, the lessons he's learned and all the stuff he talked about. He's just throwing everything into the same album. But it doesn't feel like an overload. It, it feels yeah. like he he properly balances it. Yeah, I think he balances it with um, the production uh, as well because it has that kind of you could do anything going um, the whole time and that higher pitch. And, like, I think he balances it with just the sound. Like, the, his sound, he knows how to make he, – he trusts himself to make good-sounding songs. Kind of like in that Schoolboy Q uh, vibe. If you make it just an absolute punchy banger, man, it doesn't doesn't necessarily matter much what you say. Although Cole is able to kind of like Schoolboy um, sprinkle in some good shit there every once in a while, uh, which takes us into close – uh, what do you think of Close? He is. So this is the best storytelling song on the album. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, which, you know, it, it's it's about his uh, his friend's murder, but it's like a guy that he's not really close to anymore. Um, and like, man, it's just really, really interesting. Um, you know, talks about having a dream that his friend got killed and then he wakes up. And his mom comes in and or his mom texts him or something and said that his friend really did get killed. Mm-hmm. And like he saw him going down this bad road, you know, and and Cole and Cole's talked about this before, obviously, like back in Fayetteville, he was like he knew where he was going and everyone else did, too. So they kind of left him alone. But all those other guys were still doing bad stuff, getting involved in the streets and, and you know, drug dealing or whatever. And, you know, his friend became like this too and he started drifting away because Cole was focused on the music and then you know he he didn't have a chance to to really talk to him be like this this stuff's not going to work and he ends up getting killed so again just uh I I thought by far the best storytelling on the album because there wasn't a ton of storytelling so it's not like it really competed with anything but Mm -hmm. really really nice for him to throw that in there because I think this is kind of classic Cole that we really look for is this really strong storytelling um, and just a song that really makes you think. And it, it reminds you where he came from. 
Yeah, and uh, another thing that's classic Cole is just the really nice lyricism, like the close. It's just a, it's a, it's like a verse the whole time, and there's so many takes on like being close. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and it's not just the final uh, kind of like that guy was so close. Although that is the the kind of message of the album or um, or the album the song, but you know he kind of hits you with a close every four or five lines that kind of relates to something different. So there's always we we're always it's kind of going back to what you said, filling the void with 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 something that you created. You know, it's like we're so close to something, but maybe if we took a step back and kind of open up for us where we could kind of see it see things in a different light but that takes us to uh the final track hunger on the hillside um i like this one i think it was a good uh a good track to end it on kind of down tip a little bit uh what'd you think about this one hughes yeah i thought it was a nice outro as well um and i like i like the beginning of the chorus you know, shit gonna get hard, keep your head strong. If I quit now, then I'm dead wrong. Again, just another relatable thing. Like people in our position, they're like young and working towards it. It's like, we talked about this before with Cole, where it's like, you, you got, you got that intuition, you know, you know where you're going, but again, there's, there's problems you face along the way and it kind of makes you doubt sometimes. Um, so I thought that was a nice way to throw it in there. Cause you know, I, I think even, even someone like him probably doubts himself a little bit, you know, at mm-hmm. times it's just, it's just kind of natural human nature to have that fear creep in that fear mindset where you start doubting things, you start worrying about stuff. And then sometimes you got to just kind of slap yourself around and be like, no, nah, fuck that. Like we're, we're, we're heading to the top. Um, and the, you know, this song is interesting. I, I think the, the title really says it all. Like I kind of imagine hillside is like, Beverly Hills type of thing. You know, he's obviously made it, but he's still hungry, you know, like he still wants to keep going. And this is kind of a theme of the album. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe even the main theme that, you know, he's, he's, he's not ready to stop. And like, he's still hungry. Um, And he's not going to let, you know, what he's done change him. He's not going to let, he's not going to be comfortable with the accomplishments he's had. Like he wants to keep going. Um, so I thought it was a really nice way to wrap the album up. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and kind of, like I said, different dynamic of a song a bit, but uh, I think he did kind of uh, drive the message of the album uh, into this final song, which was, of course, a good way to end it. All right, Hughes, final takes on the album, just overall thoughts. Um, kind of like you already talked about where it kind of fits in, but overall thoughts of the album, and then what can we expect next, do you think? <laughs> Yeah, I really liked it. I thought um, it's I would say it's one of the best sounding Cole albums he's had. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell that production was really an emphasis for him, um, which his production's always been solid. It's always been really good even. But it's like this this time you can tell he really wanted to, to get you with the sound, um, which, again, a little bit unique for Cole. So I thought it was interesting. I thought he did he did a good job with it. Um, and again, you know, handful of content in there. It's, it's not, uh, it's not super deep because I think he's, again, like I said, at the beginning, he's kind of said everything he's wanted to say for the most part, but when he does pull the new stuff out, like with close, it's really good. So I thought, I just thought it was really nice. Um, and it was, it was a a different perspective from Cole where he's, 
he talks about the throne a lot. You know, he's like, he's kind of reminiscing a little bit and, and also looking ahead at where he's going. So I thought it was, uh, I thought it was well done. And where he goes next is, is what's interesting. Um, I mean, as you mentioned, this, this is probably like a bridge to the fall off or whatever the next one's going to be called. And it's like, you know, what does he want to say next? Mm-hmm. Because in this one, he's talking about keep keeping going. Yeah. But if the fall off's the last one, he can't keep going, you know? So it's, uh, it kind of leaves you scratching your head a little bit about where, where he's going with the next one. And as I mentioned earlier, like each album he comes out with has a different kind of viewpoint on something. So it's like, it's kind of tough to predict where he's going to go with it. Yeah, I, I I think the bridge analogy is really good because I think we're definitely going to enter a new part of Cole's career uh, after this album because he can't continue to make, he's not going to make another album about like, I'm still hungry. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like what this one was. And so I think uh, whether the last album is, is his final one or we're just going to enter a late stage Cole, kind of like LeBron Layton, Layton is, you know, pick up some pick up some three point shooting, lose a little bit of the uh, athleticism, but kind of uh, add a little bit of finesse, you know. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to see where Cole goes. Um but that was, uh, yeah, that's the off season. It's, it's a good album. I really enjoyed it. Definitely one of those. It's short, like we mentioned. Just turn it on if you, you're trying to get in a little mood. Um, but next up for the Divine Rhyme, I'm excited to announce we're going to do uh, Sturgill Simpson. Uh, if you're a rap-heavy person, you may not know Sturgill, but he's kind of like a, I don't know, soul country artist, soul country a little bit. He, he's definitely got a country twang to him, but he, he dropped a rock album um, most recently, uh, I think around 2018. Um, he's got about four or five albums. I don't know if we're going to go into the bluegrass ones because a lot of those songs are um, kind of just remade versions of his other ones. But uh, early thoughts on Sturgill Simpson, Hughes? Man, this is a guy that... Like I was shaking your head, my head when you're talking about what he is. Cause it's like, who knows, mm-hmm. who knows what the guy is. Mm-hmm. Like we know he's not a rapper, everything mm-hmm. else kind of up for grabs. I mean, like, and he's, he's so good at, you know, sailor's guide to earth, really, really nice, different kind of sound. And then you get to like the cut and grass type stuff. And it's just mm-hmm. a whole switch up to like bluegrass, mm-hmm. which I don't even like bluegrass. Like I'm not a bluegrass guy. <laughs> But Sturgill just gets me into it. Like, it's just yeah. fun. It's like, he got that banjo going. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. let's, let's see what you got, you know? So it's, uh, he's, he's a fun guy, man. And uh, again, he's, he's kind of all over the place. Um, and, you know, his, his early stuff, I haven't really listened to. So that's, that's what I'm interested to go back and, and see what that's all about. Yeah, he definitely, especially after his first album, um, not meta modern sounds, uh, but I think there's there's an album before that. So I, I, I'm assuming we're gonna hit meta modern sounds and country music, which was this kind of breakthrough album. And I think he has an album before that, which I haven't really listened to. But I've listened to meta modern. I actually have that on vinyl. Uh, and then I think we should do a solo uh, podcast for both Sound and Fury, uh, which is his rock album, dropped one of the best rock albums in the last 20 years. Uh, and then also solo solo on Sailor's Guide and then maybe kind of combine the um, 
bluegrass ones but you're right he's he's got a lot of different sounds and he he always kind of has a good message as well so i'm definitely looking forward to chatting about sergio and it should be a good switch up for the pod because we've really stayed rap heavy up until this point so um yeah it's time for shameless plugs though uh starting off as always alex and dylan basketball power hour um this week, you got Mavs, Clips, Hawks, Knicks, 76ers, and Wizards, and then uh, recording the Jazz uh, jazz and Grizz today. What, what can we expect on the uh, Power Hour, Hughes? Yeah, man. So we're uh, we're splitting basketball coverage with, with Lynn Sanity, and, you know, so he's got the other four series. But me and Alex are uh, going in, man. I'm sure there's going to be some uh, some Clippers hate. Yeah, <laughs> which uh, very very justified, and I've I've been talking at the Mavs all year, so I feel a little bit uh, like I've uh, I've known what I'm talking about, even though I picked the Clippers in this series. So I was a coward for picking the Clippers. I didn't want to. I did. Um, Colin, so, Colin coward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, we'll discuss that. But yeah, man, the playoffs have been fun so far. It's been uh, it's been entertaining. So we're me and Alex are going to dig through all that. Definitely has been entertaining. Uh, LeBron got a huge dub in Phoenix the other night. Huge. I think did they play tonight or they play tomorrow. He is. Um, I think they're traveling, so they probably play tomorrow. Yeah, that's what I assume. But anyway, uh, every night the Hawks Knicks game last night is a pretty good one. Um, playoff basketball, baby, you gotta love it. And like you mentioned, Lynn Sanity switching. Uh, the series taking the other series that Alex and Dylan don't cover, which would be. Um, Suns and Lakers, Heat and Bucks, Nets and Celtics, and it says Mavs Clips for them too. Um, so they might do a little bit of chatter. I mean, you got to talk about the Clippers dropping too, you know, at home. But my God, anyway. Uh, also midweek, Caleb and JD are going to talk uh, the same series as well. Uh, Circle City Cinema always got something for you. Road to F9, Fast Five with Bryce and JD. Best Picture Draft coming up soon. Boys in the Hood soon. Uh, 30th anniversary with JD and his brother Jamal. Uh, and then favorite movies, Wolf of Wall Street with Voss. That's going to be a fun one. Mm. Wolf of Wall Street, definitely a good uh, movie, good uh, Leo performance. Didn't win an Oscar, though. So uh, Battleground, uh, not having much going on in the background, I don't think. You know, we're kind of staying true to NBA coverage now. I'm sure there'll be a Battleground maybe somewhere midway between the playoffs after the, the Lakers win the next three games and uh, gentlemen sweep the Suns. And I'll have to get Bryce Shaddy on that. Uh, but T.O.P. should have, could have, would have sometimes. Big 12 teams. Let's get another T.O.P. podcast out there. We need it. Um, Divine Rhyme, you know what we got going on here. Uh, this was off season by J. Cole. Next up, Sergio Simpson. Looking forward to those pods. Facts and Stats by J.D. Hall. From one young soul to another, Dylan Hughes, the man himself, a published author he's a legend also a music and golf nerd and then den of dorks with dj deke uh check those pods out hughes anything you want to say before we get out of here listen man shout out to phil mickelson that's all i gotta say absolutely hey won me a little bit of money so Uh obviously a fan of that but what a guy man oldest major winner most time spent between major wins just he just throws those shades on doesn't matter man yeah I mean, he had the shades on all weekend. He really did. I was like, dude, take them off, man. But 
He's a smooth guy. He's a smooth sailing there for uh, the PGA Championship. Definitely shout out to Phil. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you to everyone at the Running Hook Network uh, for making this possible. And we'll see you next week.